Welcome to Empath, conversations and intentions around meaningful marketing for soulful, sensitive, empathic entrepreneurs. Join me, the feral writer, to talk with truth and texture about creativity from the heart space, marketing with meaning and emotion. This is Empath. Hi guys, and welcome to Empath. The 10 stages of creating your marketing roadmap. I just want to start today's episode as a final reminder that Empress is currently open. It's open for new members and I'm really excited to go into the new year. We've got some exciting new things planned for Empress for 2024, including new copywriting sessions. I know so many people have asked for my help with copywriting and for me to look over their work and really give my input. And it's something I've been dying to do. And now we've finished our Emperor sessions in 2023. I'm ready to start this for 2024 as a new offering. Alongside that, we have all the usual lives, all the usual feral fifth dimensions, spark sessions, gold sifting sessions to work on your content marketing. We've got a creative quarterly going live every single quarter with new content and heart to hearts where you can access me and get a personal video from me on any topic you choose in your inbox. But let's talk quickly about the creative quarterlies. I do one every single quarter and there's a different topic with a workbook and a video and a dedicated live session at the end of the quarter. And so I'm kicking off 2024 with a quarter all about creating your marketing roadmap. So I wanted to do a podcast that was complementary to that, that talked a bit about what you need to consider. Now, obviously, the membership goes a lot more in depth. The membership covers all of this in an extensive workbook of about 4,000 words and a video, and you've got the accountability in the membership. However, even if you just listen to this podcast, you'll be able to take loads from it. So. My roadmap is basically like a marketing plan, but it's a softer version of that. I really don't like the term marketing plan because it feels very corporate. And the problem with this document is that people do consider it corporate. People either don't do one because they are quite put off by the idea of doing a marketing plan, or they do one and it's really lengthy and almost academic and really formal. And then they put it in a drawer and they forget about it or they write it for somebody else. They write it to get investment. They write it for the bank manager or for the business advisor, etc. But it's not a working document. I highly recommend that this document, this roadmap is literally that if you get in a car now and you want to drive to Bristol and you don't know the way, you're not going to get very far if you just drive and think, I'll just see what happens. I'll take a left, I'll take a right. You kind of need a rough idea of where Bristol is and what your plan is to get there. E.g. take the A390, stop off at Exeter Services or whatever. You need a rough idea of the road. And, and don't get me wrong, you can choose to get off at a different service station. You get to choose. But isn't it a good idea to know where you're going before you get in the car? And it's exactly that. And when I say that, you're going to get it. You would never get in your car, or well, you might do, but you'd very rarely get in your car and just drive without a plan, a rough plan even. And yet almost everyone I know doesn't have a marketing roadmap or really doesn't know where they're going. And when I'm asking them, what's your plan? Where are you going? People don't really know the answer. So your marketing roadmap is an opportunity for you to ask these questions and do the work. And it doesn't have to be really lengthy. It doesn't have to be academic. It doesn't have to have loads of research and quote your references and go back to university days. You don't need to do that. All you need to do is look at these 10 stages I'm going to give you, 
And even if you just write a sentence or two per stage, that's enough to get you started. It's better than what you have now. And so the most important thing is to have something to go into 2024 with. And remember that it's workable. It's living, breathing document. It's collaborative. I want you to consider your document, your roadmap as something that works with you and for you, not something that's a chore. I honestly believe in in the membership, it's a lot deeper. I'm asking people to journal around it, spend some time with their roadmap, spend some time with their business, ask their business what it wants from them, how it's going to support them. So it's a two-way dialogue, which I know probably sounds crazy to anyone listening to this podcast, but it's so powerful and so pivotal in how you create your roadmap to bring your roadmap in with you as a passenger. So without further ado, Here are the 10 stages in very brief detail of your marketing roadmap. First of all is to create your goals. Now, this is pretty obvious. Where do you want to be personally? Where do you want to be professionally? What is your overarching plan? Do you want to be in a certain industry that you're moving into? Do you want to have a certain amount of revenue? You know, do you want a certain lifestyle? You want to be able to work from different countries? Whatever it is, what are your overarching goals? Secondly, define your offering. What are you offering? What are you selling? Now, this might seem really obvious. You're going to say, well, I sell, I sell skincare dress or I sell, you know, wedding dresses. That's fine. But is that all you sell? Are you selling something else? Are you introducing a new market? Are you introducing a new product? Let's say, for example, you say, well, I sell skincare. Well, what skincare do you sell? Do you have new product ranges coming in this year? You might sell Um, face care but you might be moving into body care or you might sell cleansers but you're adding in face masks or you might be bringing in kits dedicated kits for certain types of skin or whatever likewise if you're a jeweler you might be bringing in a new gold collection or you might be bringing in a new bespoke offering or whatever it is what you've got to look at here is what are you offering and what are you bringing in and you might not be bringing in anything but it's reminding yourself of what you're offering Because the next section you're going to move on to is who it's for. Let's talk about your customer. Confirm your customer in this space. It's a good time to really look at your customer and refresh and just reconnect and make sure you you know your customer. Really think about your customer. Who are they? And the best thing to do here is not to write an ideal customer avatar because that's not really something that I preach. I want to talk about who your actual customer is. You know, who was your last customer? Tell me about them. What age are they? Where do they live? What sort of things did they buy from you? What contact did they have with you beforehand? You know, I actually bought something um, last week from a brand. And one of the questions they asked me, which I thought was brilliant and so important to ask, and yet so many people don't ask, is how long were you following us before you bought from us? And that's so interesting because I actually do know that about my customers. The average customer with me spends anywhere between four months and six months following my content before they purchase from me. Um, And it's something that's really good to know. Who follows you and how long are they following you for before they become a customer? So you can understand the sort of cycle of your customers. So in this section, you're looking at who your customer is, um, how they buy from you, what they buy from you, where they're hanging out, things like that. Next up is to be aware of your competitors. It's always a dodgy one competition because I also understand that a lot of my customers really can't handle this bit and that's fine. If you're the sort of person that gets derailed looking at the competitors who feels like they don't measure up or they're not enough or just feel a bit 
you know, like you're competing, which you are, but I mean, second guessing yourself and judging them and thinking they're better than you, you're not quite enough. Or if you're someone that looks at them and then is worried that you'll feel either intimidated or you might end up subconsciously taking content from them. I totally understand that. But also, it's really, and you don't have to do a major competitor analysis here. In Empress, that's optional. However, it's important to know kind of what your competitor's up to because if you're offering a three-tier cake for £500 and Betty down the road is offering a five-tier cake for £250, I'm not saying you should be doing that. You do not need to met, like, meet your competitor. However, you need to know. Like knowledge is power and it's really important to A, know so that when you're speaking to your customer and they say, well, Betty's doing five tiers for £300, that you know why you're more, that you can convey that. You kind of need to know what Betty's doing in the first place. So taking a bit of time on your competitors is, is really crucial. And then next up is to understand the market. And this is, this sort of breaks down into internal and external. You know, you're looking at yourself and your brand bringing in the old SWOT analysis, you know, what are your strengths, your weaknesses, your opportunities and your threats? You don't need to take long here, but it's just thinking, well, what, what makes me good at what I do? What makes me different? Where is my weaknesses? What are the opportunities? Um, and what are the threats? You know, th like, let's be honest, in copywriting, one of the biggest threats right now is AI because so many people can now write their own copy with the use of software. I mean, I don't really endorse it personally. I've got a whole episode on this. However, I totally appreciate the benefits of using AI. That is a threat to the copywriting industry. So that will go in the threat column. And then next up is the uh, pastel analysis. So this is still under your market. This is looking at the external market, looking at what's happening politically, environmentally, socially, with technology, um, economically, legally, all those things, what's happening out in the wider world and how it affects you. You know, jewellery is a perfect example here. The price of gold has gone a lot higher. That's going to affect you. If you write that down in this section that gold has gone higher, well, what now? What are you going to do? Are you going to increase your prices in line with that? Are you going to perhaps introduce a gold verme collection so that you can keep your costs a bit lower? Are you going to encourage sort of reused gold that people use from old pieces they've got and how you're going to work that. Or you're going to introduce a silver collection. You know, you've got all these options of how you're going to handle it, but it's looking at what's happening externally and how that affects you. For number six, we're looking at creating your groups and positioning. So here we're looking at what groups of customers you're going to have. So let's say it's me. I've got a group of customers that buy my journaling. I've got a group that are in Empress. I've got a group that are podcast people that are listening to my podcast. I've got a group that buy my copywriting work or copywriting courses. I've got a group that buy one-to-one -one with me. Like I can go as long as you can go. There's a whole lot of groups. So it's knowing who your groups are. For example, potential customers that didn't buy from you, customers that bought with you, customers that bought more than once from you, etc. Put them into groups so you can contact them easily and give them tailored offers. There's no point in me marketing a copywriting course to the people that have bought my copywriting course. They already have the course but they might be interested in my journaling course or whatever. So it's, so you can speak to your different customer groups and then also look at positioning, how you're positioning yourself in the market, where you place yourself next to your competitors and how your product is placed, what differentiates it. And then number seven is to plan your budget. And this is the bit that most people dread, but it's so important to say, well, what have I got to spend and how does that look? You know, as a rule of thumb, 
because so many people don't know what they would spend on marketing. I would say a general rule of thumb is about 10% of your revenue, of your overall revenue, 10 to 15%. But, you know, it doesn't really have to be that black and white. It doesn't have to be that set in stone. You get to choose. You know, you might only say, well, I've only got one or 200 pounds a month. Or you might say, I've got nothing to start with. I'm not making revenue yet, Jess. And that's also fine. But your time still counts here. So definitely put together a marketing budget section, even if you're just allocating your time, because your time is still money. It's still valuable. In fact, I would argue it's the most important value of anything you have. So plan your budget. And then number eight, I've called it P's and Q's, but this is just looking at your your P's. And this is all in the um, Empress Workbook as well, for those of you who are members. But you're looking at basically your product, your price, your place, your promotion, your people, your physical evidence. This is all really important. Where are you selling? Where are you showing up? You know, what testimonials have you got? What case studies? What, um, are, you, what are you setting your price at? Why is your pricing strategy like that? Etc. Etc. And we go through these things in very, very small detail. So you don't need to spend a lot of time on the P's. And then the Q's is obviously uh, questionnaires. So it's your chance to do qualitative and quantitative market research with your customers to really get deeper with your customers. Even if you just spend one hour on this, putting some questions together, it's really valuable. And then number nine is your activity plan, which is the fun bit, where you get to map out your month by month activity plan. So you can say in January, I'm doing a press release. I'm doing social media updates. I'm doing two blog posts. I'm doing um, an exhibition and I'm also recording a video series. In February, I'm doing sponsored posts. I'm doing um, two exhibitions. I've got a photo shoot planned. I've got a marketing coach I'm working with. And I'm also investing in some design for my new logo or whatever, but it's just mapping out what you're doing each month. Even if all you're doing is writing one blog post and doing your social media, write it down and treat it like it's a proper job description. And then last of all, number 10 is to check in and maintain that sort of accountability and keep on track. And that's literally it. Checking in with your plan monthly, having a marketing meeting with yourself, even though it's just you, make a hot drink and you can even have an agenda about things we're discussing today and make it really like commit to it. Don't let that time go because it's really important to say what's working, what isn't working. Are we on track? You know, and like I talked about previously, we're looking at contingency and things like that. What contingency budget have you got? What, what opportunities have come in? Never act on the opportunities in a knee-jerk fashion, but you're still allowing yourself time in these meetings to address each opportunity. If you want to create your roadmap with me, I would love to have you in the membership. The doors are closing very shortly and I would love to get you in before that happens. You can come and enjoy my creative quarterly workbook, a video accompanied. It's much more time than this. You get much longer to work on it than you would in a quick podcast episode. But even if you're just using the podcast episode to support you today, definitely let me know how you get on. Let me know if you've got any questions. You can find me on Instagram at The Feral Writer. And we always finish every single episode with an invitation to set an intention. And so today I'm asking you this. What are you going to be doing to create your roadmap? You don't need to do everything. You might only do a mini roadmap with just a few of these things put in. But what are those things going to be? What can you do now over the next two or three weeks to create your roadmap? And if you are an empress, we'll be doing this together. You have any time you like up to the whole quarter to do it. So you've got up to 12 weeks to do it, depending on how quick you want to work, how often you want to work, how deep you want to go into it. You could do it in a weekend if you really went for it, but also you can do it slowly and 
do it mindfully with us in the membership. It's completely up to you. The final thing to remind you is that whatever you do, all you've got to be is true. Thank you for listening to Empath, the podcast for meaningful marketing for soulful creatives. If you want more from me, head to my website, jesscollins.co.uk and check out my membership community, Empress, where you will find a community of heart-centered creatives, the Empress Practice, my signature seven chapters of soulful marketing and weekly live sessions, from soul goal setting to journaling and personal access to me. The doors are currently open. Be sure to message me on Instagram at The Feral Writer to let me know how you found this episode. Take care and I'll be back next week.